When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. One and all the crew. A blast left center field. High and deep and goal! A home run! The first home run for the Twins this year. Here is Astadio. Blast to left center field. Hit toward the gap. And pass Martin. Crone with two outs off with the crack of the bat. And on the first pitch he sees this year, Astadio, the fan favorite, has a run batted in. Rami and Rami thought it was too cold, too too cold. Yeah, oh, keep, let's keep his mic. No, keep it off. What's keep wrong with his mic? What's wrong with? I can't hear. I can't hear Rami. He's been silenced. <laughs> He's been silenced. You take your roof and go back to Milwaukee. You've been silenced. You turn that mic back down, Jonathan. Did Dave St. Peter tell you to turn my mic off after he tweeted at me today? Actually, the show's being produced by Dave St. Peter. <laughs> we told Jonathan to go home. <laughs> I like the fact that Dave now is clearly joined the uh, joined the those who are trolling you because you were trolling us about the rules. Yeah, he, su- he subtweeted he you subtweeted today. Subtweeted me. Yeah, isn't that great? I love it. That's outstanding. Yes, that's great. Making my mark. It's amazing. Um, so, what it what, before we dive into observations from a successful weekend for the Twins, two out of three from the Indians. What did you think of the lengths that your co-host will go to to show you the beauty of Target Field? We went up to the top row of the upper deck, the third level. I regret it. 32 degrees. You guys proved nothing, by the way. You looked what do you mi- mean? You looked miserable up there. You proved my point to the nth degree, both of you. Judd, could, you... You, Phil, couldn't even breathe. You were so well, cold. that was more of an out-of-shape thing. <laughs> no, yeah, he's, like, <laughs> no, yeah, he's too fat. So am I, really. Yeah. You were both red-faced and, like, shivering out there. and like somehow I try- was dizzy. Somehow- <laughs> My vertigo kicked in. I'm not kidding. I used to think that, that I, I had a fear of heights. I don't, but I have vertigo. So I was up there in, in that last row, and I was doing the thing, and I'm, ho- I'm holding the phone, and I realized I feel like I'm going to pitch forward. Which is why I said well, I gotta get downstairs. Over the railing, out to the parking. No, I would have pitched forward okay. over the seats. But like, so so when I walked back down from that last row in the upper deck in left, I I was grabbing, I was clutching the railing. So I, <laughs> I was dizzy. Well, was like, was anyone like looking at you or like were there no, any ushers? No, no. There was an usher watching me. By the no, way, if you I haven't watch. if you haven't seen the videos, both Judd and I, in, in honor of our friend Rami here, right, trying to get you indoctrined into cold season. But you know, and I think we should prepare for. Some October temperatures based Look, on what I've we saw been, this weekend. I've been through this. You can find the videos, by the way, on Twitter, the Score North Twitter. Just go back uh, to Saturday. I grew up watching the Cubs in Wrigley Field. I know cold weather baseball. You don't have to get me used to anything. I told you the other day I was at Tuffy Rhodes' three home run game. It was freezing. I remember freezing watching Tuffy Rhodes hit three home runs. And then the last 13 years, I've been watching a team that had a roof over their stadium. And you know what? It was a better experience. It was a better experience. And people keep, like, I have Twins fans and Brewers fans just going at each other's throats on my timeline, dude. And that's not what I'm after. That's uh, This isn't comparing Target Field to Miller Park. That on a on, in, in ideal conditions, Target Field, 10 times out of 10. Beautiful place. You got the skyline. Great, yeah. But guess what? It's usually not perfect conditions, especially this time of year, as you guys proved in the videos that you made trying to prove me wrong. I want this to be a thing, though. I want because here's the thing. So this this is the 10th year of Target Field. 
And and we thought going into 2010, they, so they did play a couple home playoff games in 2010. We had really nice weather in both early April mm-hmm. and I think even in early October. So it was, there really wasn't chilled baseball the first year of Target Field. There hasn't been a playoff game played inside Target Field since 2010. And at least thinking back the last nine or ten years, I think part of the hope is this could be kind of a fun, unique northern home field advantage, right? Where if you can get used to this and if the crowd can embrace it and the teams haven't been good enough to test it because they haven't played enough postseason. They've played... Basically, they played four postseason baseball games, period, since they moved into Target Field. I don't think there is getting used to that, though. Like, the ball just travels farther in warm weather. Players play better in warm weather. No, I guess what what I'm saying is the, the Metrodome had a certain home field advantage with the crowd noise and the atmosphere, and it was kind of intimidating. And it would be fun if we could recreate sort of a bold north version of that here where we embrace the fact that we can see our breath, it's that it's 20, 30 degrees, 25 it's degrees, fun, bring it and on. we're playing baseball, you know what? damn it. You know what we did you find out? You are trying so hard to no. make an outdoor stadium a good thing. No, I found, I found one really good thing. When it's that cold, guess what? Everybody moves much quicker. You get quicker games. 218 opening day. I want to say a, a Saturday was three hours on the nose exactly, and then I believe we were at two-something on Sunday. Everybody moved quicker, and I'm all for that. So I found a positive there. I found a positive, too. You know what actually keeps you warm while you're in the top row of Section 300? Southern Comfort. Yeah, great. That's a very good idea. Stop at one of those bars. On Wish the I had thought of that. That's always a positive. It is. Yeah. So other than, I can't uh, even argue that. Other than the, the weather, and I think we had the third coldest game in Target Field history on Saturday. So mm-hmm. with with wind chill, it was even worse. Observations from the Twins taking two out of three from the Indians and just destroying Carrasco and company yesterday. Nine runs. Buxton has hit the ball hard the first couple of days. But I know Rami came with a list. What are the things that stood out the most to you? And well, then let's kind of go around the room. Here. First, let me ask you guys this. Not about the Twins, but about the Indians. Do we all now see what yeah. I see in the Cleveland Indians in that lineup? I mean, as good as their starting pitching was... And they held down the Brewers just as well as the Brewers held them down for the majority of the weekend. But as far as that lineup goes, do you guys now see what I see in that Cleveland Indians team and why I'm picking the Minnesota Twins to win this division? Yeah, I don't know. Even if Lindor comes back and he's one of the best players in baseball, Lindor isn't enough. The the fact that they're going, look at some of the minor league contracts they've signed. So Cameron Mabin, uh, Cargo is on a minor league contract right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're literally going back like 10 years in your fantasy draft why? to find bats that they can use throughout the season. Why did they not go, when when you have Kluber and Bauer and Carrasco, the guy who's uh, p- pitching today, Clevenger, Clevenger, why did they not make a concerted effort, though, to go in for this year? I don't get this. It's like it is. It, it's, it's it's a once. Bizarre. It's like a once in a generation type pitching staff for your franchise, not for the league, but like your franchise. If you're the Indians, you know when the Twins had Liriano and Santana, and Radke was still pitching pretty well. I mean, you don't get that pitching staff on a regular basis. And then it turned out that Santana's contract was coming up, and Liriano got hurt, and the Twins kind of got unlucky with the timing. And when you're the Indians and you've got Kluber at the back end of his prime, or maybe in the middle of it still, and Bowers in his prime, and Carrasco prime, and to your point, like, gonna be why gone. would you waste that? And, and you know, good for the good for the Twins that they're wasting it because the Twins get to take advantage. It's bizarre though. I don't get why why you wouldn't have gone all in for 2019, and then it's fine. Then bail. Okay, I get that. But you've got this starting staff, because and that's your lineup. I think that's a team that is teetering on the brink of do we do we sell off everything and rebuild from the ground up again, or do we make one last run at it? And I think they looked at Terry Francona and, and this team and, and said, go into this season if you can make some noise and if you can hang around the playoff picture, we'll add. If you don't. Then it then then it's yard sale time. If I'm I think Frank that's Col- where the twin, I think that's where the Indians are as an organization. Francona sh- should just quit. Like he he's too good to put up with this. He could go he could go get a bunch of jobs where he he is very very good and uh, basically sit down with your lineup card and this is what you're writing out on a daily I basis. At, I was Ugh. I was sitting next to uh, Derek Metmore in the press box uh, for the opener on on Thursday. And I looked at him as Leonis Martin made his way to the, to the to the batter's box to lead off the season, and I said, 
you just can't convince me that a team that sends Leonis Martin, a guy who has spent his career as a defensive replacement slash pinch runner off the bench, you can't convince me that a team that sends that guy to the batter's box to start their season is a 90-plus win baseball team. And I, I know that's boiling it down to a real simple form, and I'm being kind of simplistic about it, but that really does speak volumes about their offense and the lineup that they throw out there every day, that Leonis Martin is your everyday center fielder and leadoff man. And so what the Twins are banking on is, so Barrios cancels out, let's say, one of the Indian starters. Right. So I don't know if he cancels out Kluber, but let's just say he, let's say he cancels out one of their top three or four starters, okay? The Twins are banking on, and then the Indians are banking on the opposite, that the rest of the roster, the offense they've put together, the bullpen that they're looking to, uh, to to get more out of guys like Taylor Rogers, like they did in the second half, and Trevor May, the Twins are banking on. The Twins are saying, "Hey, we know Cleveland's got the better rest of the starting rotation. We'll take Jose Barrios up against anyone, and then Cleveland's got the rest of the advantage." And the Twins are saying, "Let's go down the other check boxes." Okay, uh, outfield defense check right. Byron Buxton, Eddie Rosario, Max Kepler, lineup overall. Big time check for the mm-hmm. Twins, especially after watching those guys take at bats this weekend, and then bullpen. I don't know if you would say Indians check at all anymore. All the guys that they've lost, I might even say Twins check. I would on bullpen. I absolutely would. And so the Indians are banking on their starting rotation being so much better than the Twins starting rotation that it makes up for all the other things that the Twins have check marks next to when you go tail the tape. And I just don't think it. Is. I don't think it's enough. Not in today's game. I, I, I'm, I'm somebody who bought into that cliche for the vast majority of my life. Pitching wins championships. Pitching wins championships. Pitching wins championships. I think we're finding out that you can get by with a, a good starting rotation if you have a very good lineup and a very good bullpen. And I think that's the formula that the Twins are trying to take to to knock the the Indians off their perch in the AL Central. And the Twins, I believe it was 37 or 39 strikeouts in 27 innings as a pitching staff, which is absurd. Yeah. And and then just having faced three of the best pitchers in the American League and to take some of the pro at-bats they took, and I know that the only one they really lit up was Carlos Carrasco, but when you watch the at-bats that Nelson Cruz takes and Marwin Gonzalez and... Even you know some of the quicker at bats like Williams Astadio is up there and he he's not just up there without a plan he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. and he's putting a ball in play and he's having these multiple hits. It's going to be hard to just work your way through this lineup based on the history of some of these players, right? I mean Marwin Gonzalez is known for clutch at bats. They're going to score a lot of runs. He's a yeah. tough out, and to do that against some of those starting pitchers is a great sign out of the game. The the ball that uh, Buxton stung Sunday was impressive. Like he hit the he hit that ball. He's murdered that he, wall twice. That wall that wall that ball bounced back. Uh, but yeah, I, I think once it starts to heat up a bit, this this is a group that's going to score a lot of runs. And Cruz's at bats are really good. Yeah, he like it's man. it's an impressive it it's an impressive tutorial on approach at the plate to watch him hit. I love this is such a geeky baseball thing. I'm about to say, but I love it. When guys are so dialed in at the plate and they know they can pick up a pitch out of a guy's hand and they spit on really tough pitches to take, like those two seamers that break down and in or those tough little off speed pitches that are just off the edge. And most hitters like Byron Buxton are either swinging at those or check swinging and dudes like Nelson Cruz and David Ortiz used to be like this with the Red Sox just spit on that pitch like they know out of his hand that it's. It's an inch and a half off the corner. They don't even offer at it. And that's Nelson Cruz. Such a geeky baseball thing. But. You brought up Byron Buxton, and I have I have a couple of tidbits, both from Dan Hayes' article sort of recapping opening weekend at The Athletic. Uh, Buxton, his two doubles this weekend, the two highest exit velocities of his career. Jeez. That and, second dude, one, that, I'm not surprised. That dude, here's, here's how, you know how he hits the ball hard when he has to slide head first for a double on a ball off the wall. Yes. Right, right. With his speed. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing, you brought up the, the pitching for the Twins this weekend with uh, Barrios' 10 strikeouts on Thursday and then Odorizzi's 11 on Saturday. They became just the second pair of pitchers in Major League history to post at least 10 strikeouts in the first two games of the season. Do you know who the other who the other pair was? I do. Yes, I saw the stat. Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling what? in two thousand and one for the Diamondbacks. What? Yes. yes, yes, second ever. 
Hold on. I think read that read, <laughs> read, read that one more time. Okay, Robbie. I wasn't ready for that. Read With that Jose Barrios' ten strikeouts in the opener Thursday and Jake Odorizzi's eleven on Saturday, they become became just a second pair of pitchers in Major League history to post at least ten strikeouts in their first two ten two games of the season. The only other pair to do it. Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling in 2001 for the D-Bags. We're gonna win twins. We're gonna score. We're gonna win twins. What's that baseball score? Now, in fairness, Odorizzi's first start of last year in Baltimore on opening day was outstanding, too. It was. What, so what? I need to see a body of work here, but it was, it, but it was impressive. He pitched well. Here it but, is again. It's wait and see, guy. Pitched, I'm all in. Robbie's yeah. all in. Yep. But it was impressive. <laughs> Against Cleveland, which, of course, is what we oh, just talked about. It's not a great lineup. <laughs> what do you mean so I need to see a little bit more again? See, what do you need to see? I need 100 wins. I got a question. Come on. 100? Hold okay. up. Right, Pump the brakes just a little, a little bit. bit. Is, <laughs> is Ostadio way more than just a fun story? Yes. Let, let's talk about Let's continue this. Because this might be like, oh, man, it's funny. And he's sort of a fat guy no. that can hit. And now it's like. It's no joke. Well, Hold on a second here. This guy's actually pretty damn good. Let's let's touch more on that. More observations from Twins taking two out of three from the Indians. Also, this isn't your same old Twins, and there's just a lot of things you can see on the field right now that symbolize that. Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Studios, and uh, you can find the videos that we sent to our friend Rami on the Score North Twitter account, just S-K-O-R North. On Twitter, uh, us showing him what just what, watch a couple real guys baseball fans do. Freezing their asses up. Yep. <laughs> uh, Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Let's talk about driving safe and being safe on the roads here for just a moment. So, Federated has some facts on uh, speeding from the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration that might surprise you. Now, speeding was a contributing factor in accidents that killed more than 10,000 people on U.S. highways just a couple years ago. That's 27% of traffic fatalities from that year and a 4% increase from the previous year. So even the best drivers aren't above the laws of physics. The faster you go, the greater the potential for loss of control over your vehicle, even on the perfect road in ideal conditions. So make sure you're actively monitoring your speed and driving for environmental and traffic circumstances. Just, hey, hey Leadfoot, take your, just pump the brakes a little bit is what we're saying here. And everybody else uh, around you and yourself will be safe. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Because the Vikings are on your mind. All the time! Not just during the season. Purple Daily. I don't feel like the Rams are that far from the Vikings. Like I don't feel like the gap on paper is so significant to where you go, oh my goodness, the Vikings could never be that. Why not? Like, aren't the Vikings supposed to be that? Like, if you go back a year ago with the investment in Kirk Cousins, with all the pieces coming back, Thielen and Diggs, with all of the defensive pieces, aren't they supposed to be the Rams? What am I missing? Purple Daily on Score North. ScoreNorth.com. Here is Astadio. Blast to left center field. Hit toward the gap. And pass Martin. Thrown with two outs off with the crank of the bat. And on the first pitch he sees this year, Astadio, the fan favorite, has a run batted in. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Jamie Watson, what did you think of the Twins taking two out of three from the Indians this weekend? Uh, I'm just waiting for the April Fool's prank where it all falls apart and they say, wow. just kidding, we're not wow. good anymore. Have you been training with Judd? I was just going to say. <laughs> it's the, the Fine work, my son. You can stop rubbed off on you. It is, um, it's, it's so exciting. It's like any sports team in Minnesota. It starts off so well. Yeah, what happened to your, this is our what happened year. To your club? Okay, just because Minnesota United lost a couple games doesn't mean you have to project this all over the other Listen, sports. There is just, a lot of projection uh, happening right now. Yeah, there is. There really is. is. I'm a full-blown Minnesotan now. And... Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Harrison will tell you as soon as we win another game, yep. uh, it's we're right back to the, the championship, like any good sports yep. team. I like how you two are sharing a mic when if you move like two feet <laughs> over to your left, there's a fourth mic being uh, unused right now. We prefer to this. share a mic, actually. That's any cute. excuse. And look, hey, this it's is adorable. being live streamed right now. Scorenorth.com. It just it's this is what the people really want to yeah, see. I was gonna say the camera wouldn't pick him up for the Twitch stream, Jonathan. And you you want to hide that face from the people? No, that's well, good. He's move, too thin. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, you get, can move no. it. He's clearly the best looking. No, which is why we don't want this him. Room. We, we need him on camera. No, we don't want the Twitch p- people to see Jamie because he's too in shape. He's got good posture. He's got everything that we don't have. <laughs> It's Listen, making Ron, you three you're my favorite on the show for a reason. Exactly. Boys, you guys have Thank a great you. time. Great show. I'm here to uh, to knock out 
the Adrian Heath Show with Adrian. That will be playing at 7 o'clock tonight, so stick around. It just uh, it just gets better and better on uh, on a wonderful Monday here. Awesome. Nice plug. Thanks, Jamie. Well done. And by the way, if you want to subscribe to uh, the Adrian Heath Show or the Crafty Road, get them out of here. Score North Soccer, anywhere you find podcasts. Oh, man. By Jamie. Say hi to Adrian for us. Um, the highlight we played was Williams Astadio. La Tortuga. And he was the third catch that the Twins used in three days. And he can play anywhere. And ask the question you just asked again, because I, he's gone from like, oh, he's like this funny guy that yeah. they put in center field at Wrigley Field. He's and the, oh, he looks he's funny. He's the guy that runs towards, runs towards home from first base, and he's got 18 chins dangling, and it's funny. Dangling chins. <laughs> but Dangling chins. But after watching him now for for not an extended period, but a bit of time, my question to both you guys is, is Williams Ostadio good? Yes. Like, this is not a just a fun thing. I'll be honest. When I when I got here, I thought he was just like, not that he wasn't a, at least a decent baseball player and a guy who could make a roster and, and contribute off the bench, but I thought outside of that, you know, he was kind of a novelty and a guy who was easy to root for because of all the things that Judd just said. He's, not, he's an unorthodox player from his body type to his hair to his style of play and the flamboyance that... He brings to the game like that was what I knew about Williams Astadio when I got to Minnesota, and I love that stuff about him. But since I got here and I started, you know, diving into Twins baseball and figuring out what kind of ball player this guy actually is, and watching what he did over the winter in the it was the Venezuelan league that he was playing in, yeah. wasn't it, or was it Dominican? It was, it was Venez- Venezuelan, okay, Venezuelan yeah. league, and then watching him in spring training, and 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 then the way that he's started this season, I think this is a guy who. Is he going to make an all-star team? No, probably not anytime in the near future, but he's he's more than what I thought he was. So that, that is for sure. Let's just, real quick, let's just go through, because like most of us had never heard of him up until last season, right? And sometimes you can go back and say, all right, did the guy do anything in the minor leagues? You can just rule him out if he was terrible in the minor leagues and popped up, right? This dude, at every level, I'm just going to give you his batting averages, okay? Even though batting average isn't necessarily the be-all, end-all, but it's just, all right, can you put a bat on a ball and hit it somewhere, right? right? Every level of the minor leagues from uh, 2010 up to this year, 312, 361, 318, 333, 314. He dipped to 267 Braves AA. But then Diamondbacks AAA, 342, Twins, 355 in the major leagues over 97 plate appearances last year. He also hit uh, 276 with the Twins AAA for a while. I mean, like everywhere this dude has been, he's made noise. Venezuelan Winter League, uh, Phillies Minor League System, Braves Minor League System, Diamondbacks, right? He's 27 years old. Sometimes I think, you know, baseball tends to like a prototype, and he doesn't really fit it, right? He doesn't draw a bunch of walks. He looks funny. Fits mine, but he's yes. fat. Um, he's just he's he he doesn't look like Nolan Arenado, so he might not get that first impression benefit of the doubt. But when you just start to look at his production across almost every level, his entire career, nothing says fluke. No, he's gotten it done. Yeah, but it's taken time here. What just happened? You can just pop on the mic. Yeah, okay. go ahead. So Isaiah Washington just tweeted out basically a Twitter or a iPhone note that says he's finding a new home. That's as expected, right? Yeah. Okay. So Isaiah, the Gophers need a new uh, backup point guard, I guess. Yeah, when he we will saw not him be returning to the University of Minnesota. <laughs> His body language in pregame warmups before the last game was hilarious. That's an all timer. <laughs> rolls the gets the ball and rolls it back at the ball boy. Between the Doesn't legs, even, like look at it. No, went nope. between the legs, rolled it back to the ball boy. He looked at it, he looked at it for a second. Was like, oh, I'm good. Yeah, uh, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah I don't. I don't need the work itself. today. Thanks. <laughs> I put in my time. Uh, so Williams Estadio, um, I think he's. I think he's legit in terms of a guy that you play on a semi-regular basis and then see what happens. I don't think he's just like a novelty, fun player that you make a bobblehead out of and he plays once a week. They'll do that too, though. They will. The marketing and opportunities awesome here are endless. They have La Tortuga Day on the 25th of April where they're going to give out T-shirts that have uh, turtle shells on the back. Oh, we've already got one, yes. huh? Oh, I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. So he's definitely on one. the team until April 25th. <laughs> you would think so, yeah. They had a year a couple of years ago. It was probably four or five years ago <laughs> where they had hard. Trevor Plouffe bobblehead night and... Didn't they have Byung-ho Park, that Korean uh, home run guy? Yeah. They had some sort of giveaway for him, I want to say, what, like a jersey. Was Calabello still here when, when the bells <laughs> were given out? 
I don't think so. Or I think he had been sent down by then. But they had three or four giveaway nights. Yes. Those guys that had produced the year before that were either traded, DFA'd, or sent back to AAA. So do this one early in the year is probably smart. I got to get a shirt, though. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what other observations did you guys have from the weekend? Twins taking two or three from the Indians. Indians hit, uh, well, Bauer threw inside on Cruz, and, and originally he was awarded first base on Saturday. Then he came back up, Cruz came back up, and Bauer hit him, and Cruz was ticked. And then Ostadio got hit yesterday. And I guess there were some who were upset that the Twins didn't take action. Now, honestly, at this they point... They did. They scored nine runs the next day. And here's the thing, too. At this point in time... You're going to play them 18 times, is that right? Yeah. So, or, or 16 more, or something like that. I think it's fine. Like if this continues and you feel that something has to be done, I guess that's fine. But it's not hockey. You know what? If you get hit now, now Cruz, Cruz was ticked off, and Cruz said something to Bauer. Yeah, he was talking to him most of the way down the and first that, base. And line. to me, that and to me, that's that's abs- that's good. That's fine. But the whole thing of, you know, next time up, should you hit a player on their team? I don't know. I love how the, I mean, this has been the thing in baseball for over 100 years. It's the retaliation is, it's always like the equivalent violent retaliation. And I've always said, okay, if, if an opposing pitcher does something you don't like, get him back by just hitting a ball in the gap somewhere, hit a home run somewhere. I'm, I'm not a beanball war guy. Like, not, you know, because a guy hit a home run or because a guy pimped a home run or, or did a bat yeah. toss or even just, be, you know, sometimes guys get hit. A pitcher is trying to go inside, it gets away from him. And that's fine. Guys get hit. But I do think that, not that you have to retaliate immediately, not in this first series. Like Judd said, there's 16 more games. But if over the course of 19 meetings between these two teams, it becomes a trend and a pattern that they're throwing at your guys with intent, I think that there does need to be... A, that's the one instance where I think there needs to be a message sent back the other way. And this goes back to what I was saying about Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler and that whole dynamic, Joel Embiid as well, which is that you can only let yourself get bullied for so long. There is a certain element of trying to assert your dominance in the world of professional sports. And I think part of it is trying to intimidate the other team, and when you're the Indians and you're the powerhouse of the AL Central for years running, you that's one of the ways that you try and assert your dominance over the, the smaller, weaker Minnesota Twins by throwing at their hitters. And I think that if that continues to happen, and it continues to happen with clear intent, because I thought that at least a few of those pitches were thrown where they were thrown on purpose, including the one that hit my guy, La Tortuga. That one was. If that keeps happening, you can't just keep sitting back and taking that and saying, well, we'll get them back by scoring but, runs. But Cruz crowds the plate. Yes. And that pitch was inside. It wasn't a and I've got, pitch. And I've got no problem there. Yeah. Like, that's pitching. The the It frustrates me to no end the, the amount of guys that are afraid to come inside. So I like that. The Ostadio one was on purpose. And and if you're going to have a problem with a guy who got hit in the past two days, that would be it. But the Cruz one, to me, is gamesmanship of, okay, you're, if you're going to crowd the plate like you do, in Cruz's case, and I pitch inside and you get hit, mm-hmm. sorry, too bad. There does seem be to, mad. There does seem to be with Astadio, with Nelson Cruz, Marlon Gonzalez has World Series cred. There's a different level of veteran credibility and attitude on this team. And I'm not talking about like, um, we're gonna you know knock your block off attitude. I mean like baseball swag I've, sort of. I've, this I've got team the word. is lacked. It's professional. So no, it's not or ha- has not been. Cruz is Gonzalez is like they they know when they show up at the ballpark for that night's game. They know exactly what they want to do. Yeah, and like Marwin Gonzalez walks into the Twins clubhouse and like that dude has hit game tying home runs in the playoffs World Series, right? So he walks into a regular season game against the Indians and he's already faced Clayton Kershaw and Kenley Jansen and the top pitchers in baseball with the world watching in the ALCS and the World Series. So quite frankly, facing Corey Kluber and Trevor Bauer in the beginning of, well, the end of March slash beginning of April, he doesn't sweat it. The Twins have had a lot of players for a long time, even some of the veterans that they bring in who kind of sweat it a little bit. They sweat the regular season games. They 
They take bad at bats in clutch situations, and that's not going to be an issue. With it. these are not your same old twins. For anyone thinking, I know there's a lot of people that are off the bandwagon, and and I think the twins, as Dave St. Peter said on our show last Friday or last Thursday, now they have to earn it back with the fans by winning on the field. So I'm not criticizing fans for taking their hard-earned entertainment dollar elsewhere. The twins have to earn that back, but at the same time, this isn't the same old end of the Terry Ryan regime twins. They've gone all in on analytics. They've brought in some smart, forward-thinking people to help run this thing, including the head of your field operation, Rocco Baldelli, and the head of your front office, both in their mid-30s. They're all in on strikeouts as a pitching staff and velocity. I mean, their goal is to be one of the hardest-throwing teams in baseball. And for years, it was the opposite. It was They were actually statistically the lowest-velocity team in baseball for a long time. Yeah, they pitched and, to contact. Okay. And all they cared about was pitching to contact. Yes. Uh, as, a, as a lineup, they're all about... Home runs. I mean, this, they're going to go out and try and hit 250 home runs this year. I don't know if they're going to get there, but that's their philosophy now. It's not the same old twins. What I absolutely love so far, and I don't think it's going to change, the defiance of Byron Buxton. Yeah. Like, he is. he now doesn't care. Like, he's he cares about the game, but he doesn't care what you think now. And, and I don't know if he's convinced himself of that, if, if he got so mad by what uh, transpired late. Last year, when he wasn't called back up, whatever it is, though, I absolutely love this. Because, yes, it's brash and cocky, but you know what? It is 100% what he had to do. Like, I was so tired of Buxton looking just lost and sad and confused, right? And if you watch his approach now, he says, I'm going to swing at pitches when I want. I, I will listen to people I trust, but that does not mean everyone and he has a swagger now and a brashness that he has completely lacked until this spring. It's like he finally realizes how good he can be. Absolutely, yes. That's exactly right. And he's like, I don't need to listen to 18 people tell me things. And yeah, you're right. It's as if he fi- it's it's as if fi- finally somebody got to him and said, "Byron, dude, you are a tremendous talent. And you're not perfect, but you're a tremendous talent." Act like it. Yeah, there's and and you know in baseball, I don't know if like being fired up and having energy, I don't know if that is always your best ally. But for him, it seems like it might be when he gets to, when he slides into second base with a double, or when he had the first hit off Corey Kluber on opening day on Thursday, and he's jacked up and he's thumping his chest and he's screaming at the dugout. I love that. I think that's awesome. It plays into who he is as a person and as a player. And I think if you're in the Twins dugout and you see that guy with MVP skill sets feeling himself and hitting a ball off the wall and thumping his chest. You know, like in in 2006, the Piranha Twins, right? Jason Bartlett would hit a double, and he wouldn't just, like, clap and look back. No, it's like we got our thing. Smell them, right? Mm-hmm. Point at somebody. Yeah. And I don't know. I think there's – And I think that feeds into a bigger picture and something else that I liked from this weekend. I I like baseball teams that have fun, both for my my own entertainment value because of all those things you just talked about. I like watching the celebrations and the little inside jokes and stuff or inside celebrations that they have in their own dugouts. But I also think that that has a tangible effect and impact on a baseball team because it's such a long, grinding schedule that if you don't have fun while you're doing it, it will wear you out. And so I think that teams that have fun doing it actually play better and after Saturday's loss, it, I guess it was kind of a sullen clubhouse from what I read and heard. And Rocco Baldelli said, what is this all about? Turn some music on or something. He, wa- he wants a lively clubhouse even after a loss. And I feel like a manager, a major part of his job is setting the tone for his team of not getting too high with the highs and not getting too low with the lows. And there's no reason that it should be a, a sad, sullen, quiet, dead clubhouse after your first loss of the season, blare some music, have some fun, make some jokes, and you got another you got another fight tomorrow. So don't hang your head. Yeah. So uh, if you, if you guys have thoughts on the Twins and the first three games against the Indians, if you disagree with anything we're talking about, you can chime in via the phone lines at six five one six four six eight two five five. We can also take your comments in the Twitch chat box too. We are streaming our show on twitch.tv slash score north. If you want to uh, hang out with us in there. And we're definitely reading and monitoring the comment section. So if you want to make fun of us, if you want to tell us that we're... Why would anyone make fun of us? Hilarious looking. Three good looking guys. I was going to say, have you seen my face? (laughs) That's why you sit with your 
back to the camera. That's right. My posture <laughs> strategic. today was awful. You guys are so ridiculous. My <laughs> posture on Purple Daily was so... It was, no, it was just bad. No, oh, this is an acknowledgement that my posture was awful. Do you guys just want to come over the, on the mics over here while you're not on camera and you're just a disembodied voice? Rami, what do you think? No, I'll stay right here. Okay. Here you can just see the back of my head. My body is covered up by the Mackie and Judd with Rob. And you have good logo. hair. I have great the hair. The flow is fantastic. So really this is, flow. you know how you have like a good side and a bad side? The back of my head is my good side. Where you see the flowing locks. <laughs> I think you should put some signage on the back of your head. Let's sell the back of your head. Like sell the, business yeah. billboard. Like I've never been on a Jill? dating app and I'm very happy in my relationship. So I don't expect to be on a dating app anytime soon. But if I was, I feel like my profile picture should just be the back of my head. How about some gel? <laughs> No, I some hair gel. I don't need product. This is all well, we could sponsor you though. Well, if there's a sponsor involved, all right, yeah. give me that money. I know who's not going to sponsor that. It's who's Luther it? Brookdale Toyota. They want <laughs> nothing to do with that. Six five one six four six eight two five five. I have a pothole update. All right, on University Avenue, uh, the pothole that literally took you down uh, like ten feet into the bowels of Minneapolis has now been filled. There's no longer just cones surrounding it. It's been filled. So uh, so if you're dodging potholes on a regular basis like me and uh, you've dipped into a couple of them, man, that can screw up your alignment. It can cause damage to your car that you can't really see, which can then cause bigger problems later on. Luther Brookdale Toyota and that service department, that's the place to go to. If you're hitting a bunch of potholes, uh, bring your vehicle into my guys on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, and they'll check things out and make sure you're running the right way here, uh, even if even if the roads aren't running the right way. It's a service department I've been going to for about half my life now since I turned 16 years old, and I've never really even thought twice. I've never thought about going anywhere else. Never thought about cheating on Luther Brookdale Toyota. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and ScoreNorth.com. And it's really easy, too, if you if you were listening during the break there. Oh, I got you. Um, there we go. There's a bunch of different ways that you can listen to Score North live. You can listen on the all-new mobile app available in the Apple and Google Play stores. You can type in live.scorenorth.com into your web browser, on your desktop, your tablet, or even on your phone. And if you have an Amazon Alexa device, well, it's also a radio or a live streamer. You can just say, Alexa, open Score North. And voila, you'll be listening to us right now. Talk Twins. Now, when you do that... If somebody has an Alexa yeah. nearby their speaker, are you turning Score North on their Alexa? So if I'm like in my office, yeah. if I'm streaming on my desktop computer, yeah, and it and the, and that promo runs where it's like me and Judd, no Alexa, open Score North. Uh huh. Your Alexa, my Alexa going, going crazy. crazy. So sorry if that's happening. <laughs> oh, so you just triggered. No, it's smart. Alexa, open Score North. Do it now. Yeah. Alexa, tell a joke. We should just do that every five minutes. Just randomly say, Alexa, open score door so that millions of Alexas are millions, opening. Yes, millions. Millions, millions <laughs> and millions. It's a Hopefully, chain effect. It's a point. chain effect. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Uh, Alexa, tell a knock-knock joke. <laughs> wow. Now you're just screwing with people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also, turning you off. since we're quick and cheap plugging here, we're going to be live. It's Final Four week. We'll talk about our feelings on the Final Four collection that's coming to town. We're going to be at Dayblock Brewing Company on the corner of Washington and 11th Avenue South on Friday from noon until 6. So stop on by for great craft beer, delicious pizza as you head to the Final Four festivities. You guys want to take some Twins calls here real quick? Let's do it. And the Twins are exciting right now. It's not often that that's happened. It's all we got right now. Yeah. 651-646-8255. Let's... uh, Sounds like Kevin in White Bear might be a bit of a skeptic. The floor is yours, Kevin. Hi, guys. Uh, just started listening to his, um, since he made the transition. I really like so far what I've heard. Thanks, um, Kevin. The re- reason I'm calling is, you know, you're talking about the skeptics, and I am definitely one of them. Let me start by saying I, I, I was a, I've been a diehard since I was in seventh grade. I, you know, the Twins won the series in 87, and I was there. I picked them to win at the beginning of the seri- season. I know it sounds crazy, but it was. But what I'm sitting at now is... I've seen too many uh, in the past few years, the Twins picking up these retreads. What I mean by that is Michael Pineda is a great example. Oh, he's got a bad shoulder, but we're going to pick him up. Or, you know, you can go down the line. There's a number of them, and most of them have failed miserably. Not all of them, but most of them. 
And it's really, and the fact that they seem to always want to sell hope and, oh, yeah, we're going to be great. And then they don't pick anybody up. They make terrible trades. They, there's, let's be honest, Paul has a cheap guy. He's been cheap. The family's been cheap. Everybody's been cheap. And I think that's, I finally, last year, about midway through the season when they traded, um, uh, what was it? Not Rosario. um, Escobar. Escobar, thank you. Sure. When they traded Escobar, so enough's enough. This guy had a lot of promise, and they traded him away because why? They were afraid they couldn't sign him for as much as he was going to demand. And I said, enough is enough. I moved on. I went to following the Cincinnati Reds. and Oh, they've got they Look at their outfield, who <laughs> no. they got from the Dodgers. Okay, but let me, let me get back to what I was saying. <laughs> Kevin! Wait, hold on! Kevin! <laughs> Joey Votto, that's all I got to say. Anyways, so so my money was no. I did, I told I, I told myself I'm not spending another dime on him until I see some pro, something change. I I took my money and I've been going to Minnesota United games now. Okay, Why? you know what? We'll because take that. Bill McGuire yeah, sure. spends money. He spent money choice, on the Kevin. stadium. That's all his money that went into that. Right? No state money went into that stadium. He spent a ton of cash in the over in the off season building a quality team. Granted, they lost two in a row, and let's not talk about that. But my point is, my entertainment dollars don't go to them anymore. And I and until I see massive change, and granted, they've had a good start. But you know who else had a great start? The Detroit Tigers years ago when they went like seventeen and zero, and then just fell off the face of the earth. Kevin, and Kevin, there's a lot of teams that do that. Okay, go ahead. Couple things. You are definitely studying from the Judd Zolgad school of negativity here. We appreciate that. <laughs> no, I would hey. never go to the Reds. <laughs> wait, 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 Kevin. 1990 World Champions, baby. Was it? Did you just like randomly select the Reds as yeah, your how backup did you team on the Reds? Oh, you know what? Here's the thing. Your favorite color? When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I followed the Reds and I followed the Twins. What? Because I was a big fan of like Eric Davis, Barry Larkin, Chris Sabo, that type of thing. Yeah. So Chris that was Sable. my base. I and I followed them because. Yeah, they're kind. Of, you know, they're kind of on the same line as the Twins, but they seem to make better choices in the players that they pick up. And and you know, granted, like it's and like I said, they just got who they get. They got Puig. They got they got a lot of good players. They need pitching, but that it is what it is. The point the point I'm getting at is I'm not spending money on the Reds, and I'm not spending money on the Twins because the Twins are abysmal. Yeah. And, I mean, you can get into the ticket prices and the food prices and all that stuff, too, if you really want well, to. Well, I would say this, because we gotta we got to run here, because no we're problem. up against the clock. But this is this is a great phone call. So even if, call, call back, Kevin, we're here, it's therapy, okay? So I disagree with a lot of what he said. But the main point here is, the Twins over 10 years at Target Field have driven guys like Kevin to the damn Cincinnati Reds, right. for God's sakes. <laughs> I still want to know how he got to it. The Reds. 1990 uh, World Champs. You didn't hear? And the Twins won the 91 World Series. So, uh, anyway, here's what I would, here, here's how I would advise as a sports doctor here. I would advise Kevin that his premise, his premise is, is founded on pretty solid ground, a little bit shaky, but pretty solid ground. But there's a difference here. Kevin's right in the sense that for a long time the twins started to make they seemed to start to make moves that were that reeked of desperation. Nolas goes out there, let's just sign him, right? Yeah. Vance Worley, let's make that and okay. That was the problem for a while. I believe that Falvey and Levine though actually know what they're doing here. So I get the fact that the names don't excite you because because you're like, well Nelson Cruz is thirty eight, who cares? Pinedo is hurt, who cares? But there does seem to be a method to the madness now where where Terry Ryan uh, 2.0 did reek of desperation moves. Yes. Does that so, sound fair? And another big difference, too, is a lot of the, the Twins bargain bin signings from years past. Not all of them, because Nolasco was still mostly in his prime. But you got to look at the ages of the players that they're looking to acquire. And Nelson Cruz is different. but he, So Nelson Cruz is 38, but he's also... Averaging forty home runs a year the last five years, so he's just a he, he hasn't fallen off the age cliff like other guys have. But when they would bring in Levon Hernandez or Jason Marquis, some of these dudes they just bring in those are thirty four year old, thirty six year old players that had nothing left really. And Jonathan Scope in the middle of his prime, what is he 27, 20, 28 I maybe? I think he's twenty seven. Got MVP votes a couple years ago. 
Michael Pineda was 29 when they signed him. So these are the, the retread label is a little bit misplaced with some of these guys. Like CJ Crone is in a retread. The guy hit 30 home runs, and the Rays just the Rays have the lowest payroll in baseball. Uh, and so it remains to be seen what he does here. One other thing, I actually fought, I fought with people on Twitter about this last night. It's 30 seconds on it, real quick, <laughs> on the like the poll ad cheap thing, um, and how you know other owners will spend money, and Dr. Bill McGuire spends money. Well, actually, Jim Poled helped buy that stadium, for the record, which is kind of ironic. Uh, but number two, the misperception is, well, all these other owners are spending money. Why doesn't Jim Poled spend money? Well, all of the other leagues have systems in place that prevent them from losing money, really. Like, Ziggy Wilf wouldn't spend to a loss if he were able to. There's a salary cap that prevents owners in the NFL from losing money, right? Like, the Giants brought in, I want to say, something like, Four hundred million more dollars than the Vikings did last year, but they're not allowed to spend it on players because there's a salary cap, right? And so in baseball, there's no salary cap, and therefore, if you're a smaller market team, your owner looks cheap because he's not spending. But really, all owners in sports are just going to spend—not all, like Mike Illich wanted to spend until he lost money. They spend up to the point where they'll lose it, and in the other sports with salary caps, they're protected from losing money. In baseball. There's no cap, and it's all local revenue. And so, like, the mid- and lower-market owners look cheap, quote-unquote, because they're not spending with the top It's teams. not just them, though. Because of everything that you just laid out, there is there is room for their cheap guy in every market. And that guy exists in larger numbers. And the Cubs some were that all offseason, right? My brother is, why were they so cheap this offseason guy? Like, he, we had so many... Back and forth via text and over the phone about why weren't they in on Harper? Why weren't they in on Machado? Why did they? Why didn't they spend any money this off season? And I had to explain to him the luxury tax thing, which he still doesn't want to wrap his head around. He could, if he wanted to, just chooses not to, and would rather scream to them from the from the mountaintops how how cheap they were this off season. And I'm telling you, in all my years in Milwaukee, I heard Mark Antanasio was cheap. I can't tell you how many times because. Of what you just said, it just leaves that even if it's just a little opening, it leaves an opening for the owner is cheap guy in every single major league market right now. Where Kevin's being fair though, and and this is what Dave uh, talked to us about last week, is they need to get fans back. Like fans, fans are very entitled at this point to be like, I'm out until you win. Which ultimately, if if they start to win games, fans aren't going to talk about payroll then or players. They're, they're they're going to talk about the fact that the Twins are winning games again. But Kevin is very justified, and that's my question, I guess, too, is what's it going to take? Is it going to take two good months? Is it going to take a year? But a lot of people, rightfully so, have bailed. And until mm-hmm. this team consistently, and I'm not talking about one pop-up wild card year, mm-hmm. I'm talking about until this team puts together three or four years where you say, okay, they're back, I think a lot of people are going to say, I'm going to spend on soccer, I'm going to spend on the theater, I'm not going to spend on a baseball team that now, for the most part of the past 10 years, has been a disappointment. Yeah. And that's fair. Yep. And, you know, and I think a lot of people who are like, I mean, Kevin has said, I ain't spending money anymore because it's the same thing year after year after year. And I think what I think we're all in agreement here that it's not the same thing anymore, but they still have to go prove it. Right. And I think these guys know what they're doing. I think. If it were me, would I have signed Craig Kimbrell to a three-year, $60 million contract a month and a half ago without blinking? Yes, I would have personally. But now that he's still on the market and the season started and all 30 teams have either passed on him or have said no in some regard, I mean, is he still demanding a five-year contract? Are there injury concerns behind the scenes that we just don't have information that we're privy to? The longer this goes with Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel, the more I think, well, maybe I was wrong a month ago and some of these other smart front offices are right. There's a lot of smart people in baseball front offices right now, and Craig Kimbrell is not signed. Are they all just idiots? Did they like? Did they all whiff on Craig Kimbrell? Those are the questions I ask, and I think sometimes it's quick to just say, well, like... The cheap poll ads and like, like no, they, there's a report that they've offered Craig Kimball forty five million dollars over three years, and I wouldn't Maybe be surprised. He wants five. I, I wouldn't know. be surprised if there were multiple offers out there in that neighborhood for Craig Kimball, and him and his agent are sitting back going, somebody will be desperate. There will either be an injury or a team that was expecting to contend will get off to a slow start. 
somebody will be desperate enough early on here in the Major League Baseball season to throw the money at us that we want. We just have to wait for that shoe to drop, and then we'll strike. Yeah, I think that's what's going on right now with Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, but you know, t- to the the last point that caller Kevin made, because I think Kevin represents a large chunk of Twins fans that are saying, hey, grid first weekend, but show it to me long term. There's yet another option in town, and it's Allianz Field. It's Minnesota United, mm-hmm. and they play home games starting in two weeks. So if the Twins fall off, and, and, and they've got a chance now for two weeks to maybe get people back on board, and if not, guess what? There's a brew hall in St. Paul that we did our shows from a couple Fridays ago, and, you know, for us, if people jumped on Minnesota United's bandwagon, well, we carry their games here. So selfishly, cool, like jump on, jump, jump on the bandwagon. But that's the spot the Twins are in. That you've got, yeah. you've got a, Usually you'd have the whole summer to capture the town's attention. But now it's like, well, I could spend money at CHS Field. I can spend money over there at Allianz Field. Did I see an email, by the way, about a, uh, a food tour of Allianz Field? Yes, you did. That I'll be on assignment for? Yeah, what's, uh, what's Rami happening? in for there? Another Jonathan? one? I think so. Good for you. Yeah, I know. Let me check. I've really found my beat. You really did. I really did. Yes, you I have. Really You've have done a very good job. Yeah, found that niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think is it the head chef at Allianz Field wants to. And un- the head chef um, was on a show I'm a big fan of, which was Top Chef on mm-hmm. Bravo. Yeah. Love that show. Um, well, the so, wife's a big fan of that yes, one. Really? Yes. Yes. Which restaurant? Um, Do you remember? Uh, the hog and something. Uh, what is it? Oh man! Oh, in in St. Paul. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've been there. It's by the Saints Ballpark. Mm, I, I can't remember yeah. the name of okay. it right now, but I've been meaning. Is to Is that check kind of like the dive bar with the amazing burger menu? I don't. I don't know. Because if so, I John, someone I was there a couple weeks ago. Someone will tweet us. It's amazing. It's like it's like the best patty melt you've ever had in your life. And the handsome hog. Okay. That might be it. Yes. Is that it? It's good. Yes. Okay. Yes. I believe that's I'm thinking it, of a yep. different place, but. That sounds amazing. So, anyways, you're gonna you're gonna do some yeah. sampling and so we'll, stay tuned. You know, the Rami's uh, recipes episode at Score North. Yeah, for next week's Allianz Field food tour. So yep. there is a kill me. a big event in town this week. How do we feel about the Final Four now that it's Final Four week and we know what the Final Four teams are? Let's discuss our feelings about this. Do we know? <laughs> do we know who the final? I mean, we know who they are. We know their names. Do we know who they are? If that makes any sense. Yeah. Thoughts on that? We'll flush it out. Come back here. To Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. In the TCL studios, by the way, where we have two magnificent 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV. There's not another 4K TV on the market that has more streaming content than this TV. If you're watching on the live stream, right here, this one, right here, by my right hand. The Roku platform. Right there. Right right there. Right there. Right there. Huh. Yes. That's all of our Vanna White impressions. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Score North. Um, the most streaming channels like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, HBO Now, and more in sports platforms like Big Ten Network, FSN, uh, Fox Sports Go, you name it, all the different league platforms, tons of free content, Hollywood blockbusters, live TV and sports, and you can access over 140 sports channels. And if you're into health, fitness, and yoga channels, we've got channels like that for you as well. Access to dozens of streaming cooking channels for Rami, so he won't have a problem thinking of what he's going to cook up for dinner tonight. Maybe something in a crock pot, or maybe not. Still have leftovers of the first Rami's okay. recipe. Yeah. Barbecue uh, beef bowl. But the TCL 4K Roku TV has all of those things built in. You can find you can find TCL TVs inside any major local retailer you, in the Twin Cities or at TCLUSA.com. We are Mackie and Jeb with Rami.